0: And he was very angry because God accepted Abel's offering and not his. And it says that his face was downcast. Then you saw Kirstie's attitude. She wanted more and more and more coke. And now the reading that Pastor Steve read. Here we have Peter and John. This is the very end of the Gospel of John. And Peter's concerned about what's going to happen to John not about what Jesus has just said to him. And there are a couple of other examples in Scripture. Do you remember Joseph? you remember what happened with the brothers and how jealous they were of Joseph? He got the coat. He was the favorite son. And they were pretty unhappy with him. And it says in Genesis that the father loved Joseph more than any of them, and they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. And then what about Saul and David? 1 Samuel 18, it says, they have cred. this is Saul talking, they have credited David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Do you see the trend that happens in Scripture? Do you want more coke? Than the person sitting next to you. If you were given the small bottle and the person next to you was given two liters, would you understand why you were given the small bottle? Or would you feel resentful of the person that got the two liters? I chose this particular passage. I often choose the ones that tend to convict me most. And I actually have the verse, have verse 21. On my desk it's, it's printed out because I went through a time not too long ago where something had happened and I thought God I don't know why you do this why do I have to do this and this and this person gets to do this and this and I don't understand and I would God does this it's like oh, please this is Mary remember that story in the Gospel of John of Peter and John I didn't want to turn but I did into scripture and I came to this passage and what I saw in there was if I want him or her to do whatever, what's it do you? You must follow me. And that's what I have printed out. My focus needs to be on following him, not on what somebody else gets or gets to do. Are you with me? Of course, you don't struggle with this. Right? Never. Never, never, never. Let's look at Peter a little bit. Um, Scott preached on Peter not too long ago, and he's one of my very favorites in Scripture because he's so flawed. And it helps me because I know it's okay. Mary, you can have these problems. God will still work with you. And if you think, if you go through the Gospels, you think of the experiences of Peter. When he was called, he's fishing. Right? And Jesus walks by and he says, Come and follow me. And I will make you a fisher of men and of women. What did Peter do? Do you remember? He dropped everything and followed. Good choice. Good choice. Then, Peter walks on water later in Scripture. He gets out of the boat, he walks on water, and what happens to him? He sinks. We always remember that part, don't we? (laughs) Because we can so relate. He takes his focus off of Christ... And he sinks did he learn from that let's see okay matthew 16 he proclaims christ as messiah and then is told that he is the rock peter on which the church will be built that's pretty awesome news that's a lot of coke that he's gotten and he's excited i'm sure that he's being commissioned to be the rock of the church But immediately afterward, Jesus tells him what's going to happen to him, that he's going to Jerusalem, that he's going to be crucified. And what does Peter do? He rebukes him. Does he get it? Does he get it? And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Did Peter learn? Well, let's see. Matthew 19, Jesus tells the parable of the rich young man and says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Peter says, and I'm going to add a little to this, hey, we've left everything to follow you. What's going to be there for us? What's going to be there for us? We left it all. Did you notice? And Jesus says, many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Did he get it? Sounds to me like he wanted more Coke. Then John 18, Peter draws his sword when Christ is betrayed and cuts off the ear of of the servant of the high priest. Did he get it? Jesus knew what he needed to do, but Peter couldn't stand it. He wanted it his way. And Jesus said, put away your sword. Put away your sword. Focus on what I've taught you. Matthew 26, Peter declares that even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And what does Peter do? Denies him three times. Peter struggles with this throughout the Gospels what he is to focus on. And it gives me hope because I can still work on this too. And it's okay when I don't get it. In our passage that Pastor Steve read, the very first part, Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter answers each time, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus commissions him. He says, feed my sheep. Second time, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, three times, one for each time that Peter has denied Christ. And in doing this, he reinstates him to the commission to be the rock. Verses 18 through 19, Jesus lets Peter know that the road won't be easy. It says in Scripture that Jesus lets him know the manner in which he will die, And the commentaries interpret this, and history tells us Peter is to be crucified. Ooh, that's not good news, is it? He tells him, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, build my church. But, oh, by the way, it isn't going to be easy. You're going to be crucified. And then he commands Peter, follow me. Did he did Peter respond in the way he did when he was fishing? Did he? First time he said, "Cool, this will be fun." And he goes and he follows. Jesus says, "Follow me." "Yes, I know it's going to be hard. Follow me." So how would you feel if Jesus gave you news like that? If he said, "Yes, you must follow me, but I have to tell you, it's not going to be easy." They're going to be tough times, but you must follow me. And he makes a promise in the Great Commission that he'll be with us, always. He'll never leave or forsake us. Do we accept that and say, yes, Lord, I will follow you no matter what and mean it? Are we satisfied with the Coke? What if his choice for your life is Not one where you get to have all the money and all the glory and all the fun. But maybe it's more ordinary. Or maybe it's really tough. Are you satisfied? And do you trust? Do I trust that it's exactly what he has in mind for me? Spiritual gifts in Scripture are another great example of this. There's lists and lists of spiritual gifts. There's prophecy and knowledge and tongues and administration and pastoring, leadership. So many gifts. And it's hard sometimes for people to accept what some people call the lesser gifts. You know, those that are without any glory, to be a prophet. Of course, that's a tough road, but it's kind of a prestigious thing, don't you think? If you have words of knowledge, that's pretty cool. But what if your spiritual gift is one of helps? Or one of mercy? Something not so flashy. What if it's a little Coke with a big purpose? I remember when I took a class in seminary, I had a professor who was so amazing. He was from South America. And he had the gift of the impartation of gifts. So he would put his hand on someone and if God led him this way, he would tell them what gift God was giving them. And he asked us all to pray. He said, I want you to spend some time in prayer and I want you to pray about what God is about to do for you. And then I'll pray for you and see if God has something to say. And I'm praying. He said, write down what what gifts you would like. So, you know, being the humble person I was, I wrote down prophecy and knowledge and You know the big ones. I I wanted the. It does say desire the greater gifts. It's in scripture, so I'm writing these down. And he comes and he's praying. And the person next to me got the gift of prophecy. And I thought, cool. Wonder what I'm going to get. I was so excited. And he put his hand on my head, and he prayed, and he said, Lord, Lord, mercy. This woman needs the gift of mercy. Give her the gift of mercy. I confess. I'm thinking, "What? Mercy, What do I need mercy for? I'm merciful enough. I don't need a spiritual gift of mercy. I'm telling, I'm telling the truth. And so then, um, a little bit later, uh, um, I was called to be a chaplain. Yeah. I needed the gift of mercy. And God knew that. And he blessed that gift once I was grateful and realized what he was doing. It seemed like a little teeny, even smaller than Kirstie's thing of Coke. But it was exactly what I needed. Jesus' response to Peter, Peter says, What about him? What about him? And he says, What's that to you? You must follow me. What does it matter what I do for someone else? What does it matter? You must follow me. And this must have been a little tough for Peter. They had this competition between them. When we hear the story of the tomb, the empty tomb, there's a place where they're racing to the tomb. Can you just picture that? Here are these two disciples, and they're racing to the tomb. we have got to see who's going to get there first. Do you know who got there first? Anybody know? John. John got there first. And so here's Peter. There's this competition between them. And he's just been told he's going to be crucified. And he says, well, what about him? Is he getting to win again? And Jesus doesn't tell him what's going to happen to John. But he says, what's it to you? You must follow me. Peter's been given a huge commission by Jesus. He's been reinstated after he really messed up. He's been given a huge gift. He knows that he's destined to be the rock on which the church will be built. And yet, when he learns that he's going to have to go through tough times, what does he do? He whines about someone else. If Jesus had really been the one in the skit that we have done, I would picture it would have gone quite differently. Jesus gives Kirstie her small Coke, which is exactly what she needs, and then gives me a bigger one. I like that part. Gives me a bigger one. And Kirstie complains, and he says to her, What's it to you? You must follow me. And then Greg comes in with a bigger Coke. And Kirsty complains because she wants one even bigger than that. Rather than going off to get her what she wants, can you picture Jesus saying, what's it to you? You must follow me. And then Pastor Steve, the big honcho, with his two liter Coke, what's it to you, Kirsty? You must follow me. How do we do when we're faced with this? Do you feel that in your own life sometimes you're being given a little Coke, or maybe not even any at all? Is your focus on Christ? Or like me, do you sometimes take your focus off and focus on what's happening over here and get all torn up about it Instead of realizing that Jesus has in mind exactly what we should have. I want you to practice this with me. You can help me out here because I'll remember your voices. I'm going to whine about something in my own life. Okay? I'm not going to make you whine about yours. Because, I, I, yeah, I'll whine about mine. And your response is, what's it to you? You must follow Christ. Will you help me out with this? All right, so here's the first one. I have health issues. My life is hard. What is you must well, you're nicer to me than the voice I heard in my ear when I did this. I'm too busy. People are always expecting way too much from me. You must follow <laughs> I don't always get to have my way. How can I be a good witness when I'm frustrated? <laughs> I don't get to do it back to you. That's not fair. <laughs> it's so fun when that happens. That's not written down. <laughs> it just seemed very, very appropriate. Okay, so what about the circumstances? I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, and I'd already written this and I thought. Okay, but what about those circumstances where you really are pretty sure that person with the more coke? It's not Jesus determining this. They're not being very Christ-like. Do we get off the hook? Do we? (laughs) Right answer. Jesus and what's it to you? Pastor Steve has been preaching in in chapter 3 of Colossians. In chapter 3, verse 8, it says... You must rid yourself of anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your lips. Uh Uh-oh. Even if it really does seem unfair, if we get angry, if we get resentful, we are not following Christ. We are still focusing on the wrong things. We must follow him so did Peter finally get it did he the book of Acts when you read about Peter he is the rock he gets it and I praise God for that there is hope because the same spirit is there available for us first Peter 5 verses 5 to 6 it says young men in the same way be submissive to those who are older All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. I think He got it. First Peter one three through seven. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who are who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen to this part. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. He got it. He got it. He understood in all of those trials, if he focused on Christ, Christ could use him to bring glory. Christ could use him to reach out to other people, to shine as someone different, someone who's not bogged down by what's it to you? What's it to you? Do we need more Coke? Or do we understand that we are exactly Where Jesus wants us to be, to live out the purpose He has designed for us. Whatever amount of coke God has given you is perfect. It's perfect, regardless of what anyone else has. Like the three bears. Remember that little fairy tale? I'm a grandmother now, so I'm getting back into these. Not too big, not too small, but what? Just right. The next time that you catch yourself feeling a little resentful, it's so human what we do, let these words ring in your ear. What's it to you? You must follow Christ. Focus on Him and Him alone, and the importance of what other people have, the importance of what they get to do, will fade. Then we can put on those new clothes that Pastor Steve preached about last week, And I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to discourage you, Pastor Steve, by seeing if they remember. Do you remember? Just raise your hand. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell me. Okay, good. These are the clothes. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. How do you put on the new clothes? By leaving room, getting rid of the old self, the anger, and the jealousy, and the envy The peace of Christ, you'll be showered in it. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, help us to to rejoice in what you have given us. Lord, if it's a little Coke, praise you for it. If it's two liters, praise you for it. It doesn't matter because what you've given us is exactly what we need. May we learn to trust that. And, Lord, each time we're distracted, each time that we look at someone else and we see things perhaps in a way that you would not want us to see them, remind us, let us hear your words. What's it to you? You must follow me. Help us to do that, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Kim. I love that it's about getting peace and joy because that's so much what all of this is about when we stop focusing on, on the wrong things and focus on Christ instead. You know, I wanted to play something for you and maybe to have you sing along and I thought better of it. Because, you know, there's sometimes you go, well, maybe that's not the best choice, but I have to share a little piece of it because it would be so fun. I, how many of you know the Hallelujah chorus? I hope most of you know Hallelujah, right? Okay, I just want to give you a little alternate lyric, just a little one, because this will stick. This will stick. But I don't want to hit you over the head with it, so I'm not going to do the whole thing. Listen to this. What's it to ya? What's it to ya? What's it to you? What's it to you? What difference does it make? Remember that, okay? <laughs> I don't want to do the whole thing because it really gets a little dicey as it goes, but, but that part, you know what? That sticks in my mind. What's it to you? What's it to you? I'd like to close with the Lord's Prayer because it's the best example to me of truly saying Thy will be done. Would you pray that with me, please? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.